What's up, you sexy souls? This is Kale Marker. Welcome back to another episode of the Kale Marker Podcast. Hey, men, listen up. There's a new event the team and I have been working on. It's called Solidude. It's a diverse men's mountain weekend. Yeah, that's right. So here's the deal. As entrepreneurs, as artists, dads, partners, friends, and so on and so forth, uh, you know what it's like when you need to get away. And for me, I found that being out in nature, moving my body, and participating in certain activities gives me the energy I need to actually come back into my day-to-day life and crush it. And so this is exactly the reason why we created this fun event. It's, again, called Solidude. It's a diverse men's mountain weekend. Here's what's included in the Solidude event. Lodging, meals, and a journal. Here's what's optional when you come to this event. Fun, hiking, the hot, the cold, a silent practice, workout, journaling, meditation, camping, and fasting. All of these are options for you to get out in nature, get alone with yourself a little bit, be around some guys. One thing that we're talking about is one part solitude, one part brotherhood. So I'm inviting you to come out and join me uh, this October, Friday, October 16th through Sunday, October 18th. You can go to linktree slash killmarker and the link will be right there for you to sign up. Uh, Here's what's not included, free puppies, six-pack abs, and no camping gear will be provided. But other than that, you are invited to come, bring yourself, and explore yourself. That is the solid dude. What else is going on? I'll tell you what else is going on. We have a Facebook group. It's called The Gap 5 High Unhappy with Kale Marker, and I'm inviting you, the link will be in the description here, to come on and join us, all right? Um, We all need a community. If there's one thing I learned about being a CrossFit gym owner is that having a community of people who are struggling together or working together to achieve a common goal, there's nothing more magical than that. And we're doing this online, especially right now with everything going on with COVID-19. I know there's tons of Facebook groups. I know we're in tons of these things, uh, but I'm inviting you to this one particular to join us where we do a Friday live interactive Q&A discussion about a fun topic every week, and you can interact with me there directly. So I'm inviting you to that. Last but not least, I do want to invite you guys to subscribe to this podcast. I'd appreciate the hell out of it. Leave a review if you're feeling super fancy. And if you're feeling super, super fancy, you can go over again to that link tree slash kale marker. There's a Patreon page there. If you want to subscribe for 99 cents, 4.99 or whatever it is, please show the love if you got that extra money to do so. I know times are tough and I would sincerely appreciate any donation at all or any contribution. So without further ado, today's guest is the one, the only, a lovely woman who is a part of our team here, Haley Kalani. She, in this episode, it's a blast. I had a blast with Haley. She's super fun. It's hard not to love and love her and giggle around her. Uh, And I just, a wonderful person who warms me up. And I think uh, we all need people like Haley in our life. So enjoy this episode and thank you so much, friends. And there we go. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) What's up? Not much, man, but also like everything, I don't know, life is good, um, just enjoying every day as it comes, trying to take it in moment by moment. Moment by moment, I think that's the best way to be about it. And so how is, how is Florida? Uh, well, first, before we get into how is Florida, how about you give everyone a brief introduction of <clears throat> who you are, and yeah, we'll start there. Yeah, so I'm Haley Kalani. And, you know, my title is a content 
coach. That's what I do for work, but you know, it's not necessarily who I am or my identity. I have a lot of other hobbies. I love to go outside. I love to do hiking. I love to do kayaking. Um, but as far as work goes, I really help mission driven brands in specific. And to me, like a mission driven brand is a company that is directly serving the betterment of either a single human being, humanity as a whole, or the planet as a whole. And so I work really closely with mission driven brands to, in short, help them make better content for their social media. Um, I always think that people who are typically in this mission driven space, they're sort of like me, they're a little bit introverted. They're a little bit, you know, they don't want to be pushy to people. And when they hear the word marketing or the word content marketing, I think their brain kind of fires off like alert, alert. And so I wanted to flip the script on that and make sure that really with these mission-driven brands, they can unlock their own intuition and their values and their vision that they have for the future and really mesh that with content that's going to resonate with people on a deeper level without like shouting, look at me, but it's really actually earning attention instead of grabbing somebody's attention. So that's in short, you know, what, what uh, my work is all about. I love it. Uh, and for the people who don't know, you and I work together. That's how we got introduced to one another. Uh, we found each other in a Facebook group and uh, decided that, you know, we love to be a part of each other's lives in the working industry. And like, this is actually one of our non-working calls, I guess. And so I'm excited to have you here because uh, I, I don't know if everybody else can see it who's watching, but like, uh, having you around just puts a smile on my face. You're a super positive person, super chill. And why, why wouldn't I want to hang out and talk to people like that? So again, thanks for being here. Thanks for introducing yourself. And let's, let's just keep diving into it. So I didn't know that you, you're really a strong introvert. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know either. I always felt sort of like, oh yeah, I can be out in social situations. I can have conversations with people. I can be myself and, and let loose a little bit. Um, but it wasn't until I started like working as, as my own business and had to physically go out, you know, pre-COVID and everything, go out to networking meetings, meet new strangers and all that stuff where it would just like drain my energy so much. Um, and I really needed to go back, be in solitude and recharge and also work through some social skills. There were things that were definitely lacking uh, and I can't really pinpoint any necessarily one thing, but it was like I would get stuck in certain social situations. And so I think that brought out like, oh, maybe I'm a little bit more introverted. And I started doing like Myers-Briggs personality tests because it was for uh, giving information to like my clients and how we can work better and what their communication style is versus what my communication style is. So that helped me learn a little bit more about how my own brain works. Um, and I, I definitely started to realize, you know what, I'm not as extroverted as I thought I would be, but I do love getting out and meeting new people and uh, having those social situations when it's, when I am recharged and ready to go. See, I think that's interesting because uh, I would consider myself extroverted for sure. But to your point, when you get around a lot of people at times and you're meeting new people and you're taking in all the stimulus, it definitely feels like, you know, your energy is drained. Like, why am I exhausted? All I did was just talk to people all day. It's not like I did a crazy workout or was 
you know, like, I don't know, some laborious job where it was really hard. But I definitely feel that. And uh, what for you, okay, because you mentioned you run your own company, you're a business. What made you decide to do that full time? Yeah, I, I actually went into it full time right off the get. Um, I decided to start my own business. And then as soon as I got my first client, it was like I was out of uh, my regular day job. And so I was at the time I was working at Orange Theory Fitness as a personal trainer and a sales associate doing kind of both working full time. And it was really fun. I actually before you know, having this current job and having my own business, it was my favorite. I loved interacting with all of the members there. They were super nice. Being a coach was really awesome. Um, it brought that introverted side. Definitely, uh, it was like a challenge to, to meet that level of energy that was expected of us as coaches. Um, but when I started my own business, it was like, I don't know, I, I had always thought that I, I didn't want to be in a nine to five job. I didn't want to be anywhere that had a ton of structure or like felt like there was a thumb pushing down on certain areas of my life, whether it be time or rules or whatever it may be. And so as soon as I had that opportunity to leave, I was like, I was definitely making way less money than I was at Orange Theory Fitness and didn't have a commission for anything. And uh, you know, wasn't on a specific monthly income, but I was like, I'm just going to make it work because that's what's going to allow me to have that extra level of freedom and just joy too. I had a lot of joy in the fitness uh, industry and being a coach, but really pairing more so with the creative side that I have. I've always been creative ever since I was a kid. I played in different bands and I loved making different movies and doing really terrible magic tricks, but it was always so fun. And so if I could take some of that childhood energy and that love and put it into my work, I was like, definitely going to do it um, and, and go full time, no matter what it took. I love that. That you know, We share that. We share, actually share a lot of that. Um, I didn't see, this is why I love it. Like I, I didn't know that you did orange theory. I didn't know that you played instruments. Uh, I know that you're creative. Uh, and I know that you're driven. Uh, how long ago was that transition? Like, I, I'm curious to know the timeline it took uh, you to leave the job and, you know, be here where you are today. Yeah, gosh, let's see. I think it was, I, I believe it was like, I worked at Orange Theory from 2017 to almost 2019, so midway through 2018. Um, it was definitely over a year and a half, almost two years. And then I went to the Philippines with my girlfriend for a two week long vacation. And that was really awesome. And it was like a break. And, and in between before I left for the Philippines and after I had just started my business. So right before I left, I was talking with somebody in Washington who was going to be my first client. And then when I got back, he said yes. And so it was like a, a cherry on top. I was like, oh, I'm back at work, but I got my first client. So I knew I was like, okay, if I'm going to work with this first client for let's say a month, um, and then if I know it's working, I'm going to leave. And it wound up being like that. And so I, I left Orange Theory. I, it was like right before 2019 or right at 2019. Um, and then ever since then, it's been this 
how did, how did you decide content coach? How did, how did like, like hmm, flipping through, like, uh, what do I want to do? What business do I want to start? Ah, that's it. Content coach. That's what I'll be. Yeah, honestly, it, it didn't start out as a content coach. It through this past like year and a half where I've, I've been dabbling in like what it means to have my own business. Uh, I was really, I actually started out as like a social media marketer and I was somebody who would like post for you, run ads for you, you know, actually go in Canva and make the content or go to your location and film for you. And that was really fun. And I got the, the taste to do that when I learned that it was like even an opportunity and a thing um, through, I'm pretty sure I saw like a Ty Lopez ad online and was like, you know what, let's try this out. <laughs> and so when I did that and I first was, was making videos and running ads for people, it was cool. And it gave me a taste of like the ins and outs behind it and what it took to do it for different brands. Cause I was working with a life coach, but I was also working with a gym, a Brazilian jujitsu gym, and then also a CrossFit gym and just all these random things. And as well as like the music industry, I had a lot of connections there from working at a recording studio. And so they, they all meshed together and kind of clashed and the the results we were getting for each client were good, but they weren't really what I was expecting as far as, Hey, if you guys just made this one little tweak with your content, as far as the ideas go for it, because I was just more the implementer. I wasn't the idea man. And so it, and I didn't really necessarily at that point in time have the authority, so to speak, to say, Hey, do this um, for your content. They would have just been like, okay, yeah, but just go post it on Instagram. And so it was at that time where I was like, you know what? It's, it's fun, but because I'm not seeing my own vision for their brand, then it, it's not sustainable for me long-term. I didn't have enough joy in doing that. So that's when I actually flip-flopped about maybe seven, eight months into starting my business to going straight to consulting and saying, all right. I'm going to go into coaching and consulting and really helping people only with their content and the ideas behind it and helping people. Cause I work a lot with people who have either very small teams um, or it's just one person. And so typically with those small teams or those one uh, person missions, they're, they're the ones who are creating the content themselves. And it takes a, a level of, uncomfortability I don't know if that's even a word or like it, it's a certain level of fear and, and, and intuition that they have to unlock inside themselves to bring out those great ideas um, and that's really when I was like all right this is something that I can get behind um, and, and pairing that with really mission-driven brands too so that I'm almost living vicariously through them like helping the world by helping them because they're helping the world. Well, it's interesting too, because I think you are obviously are filling a need there because I look at some of the things that if I, as an entrepreneur, it's not necessarily capturing content or really even creating the content. It's knowing what is going to be specific to brand. Like, what should I be posting? And it's a lot of those brands we're talking about, uh, former CrossFit gym or myself, it's like, I'm the one, you know, having someone come in and try and do the video and take photos all the time that's very probably pricey for someone to take because it's a lot of the person's time. Whereas, you know, coming up with the idea and saying, Hey, 
here's where you got to fill this in. It can take a lot of pressure off of that business owner to then get back to doing what they love to do. Uh, and then snapping a photo or writing a quick thing is, is something they can get really excited about because it's what they are. And giving them kind of a format and a layout really makes it simple for them. Uh, and really, not necessarily simple, but just takes the pressure off of them for thinking that they have to be a creative genius or something like that to speak to their brand. And a lot of people, including myself, uh, when you're a business owner and you're trying to live off of this, it's really hard to think like everyone's not your client, right? Like everyone's got to be your client. And, and, and you, you, well, for me, I guess, and I, I've met entrepreneurs like this, and everyone's my client. And the reason I say you would say that is because you need the money and you don't want to turn anybody away. But what, I, what I'm learning and continue to grow and working with people like you and, and learning just from my own failures in life, once you define, you know, who that is, you can still have other people come in. But it's, it's, it's really starting to speak to somebody when you put something out online. The reality is, is that's, um, that's where people are at. Like it used to be, in my opinion, it used to be location, location, location. I remember going like through like business school or whatever like that. And like it's location, location, location. But location has shifted from like physical on the corner uh, or on the street uh, for a lot of businesses to online because that's where people are at. Uh, where their where their awareness are is and their visibility is. So, um, anyways, I think I think having that role is super important for for brands, especially mission driven man, especially my brand. Um, jumping a little bit because I I now I'm just like exploring my own curiosity. Like I had no idea you did Orange Theory, but more I didn't know that you worked in the music industry, like the music industry. Tell me more about the music industry from from your perspective or your involvement. Like what was your involvement? Yeah, the music industry is a wild beast, um, but my love for music has stemmed from a childhood. Um, I got like my first guitar, my dad brought me to a guitar center um, in, I think it was like, I was living in Spokane, Washington at the time. It was like the first year we moved there from Southern California. And I was really young, I think it was about maybe seven. And he brought me into the guitar center. I didn't really know how to play uh, any instruments or anything, but I had always been really attracted to the guitars. And so he brought me into this acoustic guitar room. I don't know if you've ever been in Guitar Center and been in there, um, but it was like one of the first guitars I picked up and it was like this beautiful red kind of uh, mahogany, I don't know, uh, acoustic guitar with like hummingbirds on, on the, the pick portion. And I started like strumming, doing my thing. And after a little while, my dad was like, do you want it? I was like, are you serious? Yes, like, yes. <laughs> and so he bought it for me. And long story short, you know, I, I was self-taught uh, up until maybe 14, 15. Um, and I had gone to this place called School of Rock. I don't know if you're also familiar with School of Rock. I'm familiar with the movie for sure. The movie, yeah, right. That's what everybody says. It's, it's really rad it's like this actual music center that's um i believe it's like franchise now so it's all over the place but at the time it was in spokane washington and we did basically cover shows we did like ozzy osbourne cover shows blink 182 covers like punk rock stuff uh and it was really really fun and it wasn't until maybe two or three shows plus playing music with my best friend at the time. She was a singer, songwriter, and I was just her guitar person, you know, back in the background. 
um, where I was like, you know, what? I don't really want to be on stage. Stage was like not the place. And that was probably my inner, you know, introvert being like, I don't want to be the spotlight. And so I got really interested in the production side of stuff and like what it took to make the music behind the scenes and to record it and to mix it um, or to even make beats like in hip hop, indie, lo-fi kind of stuff uh, behind the scenes. And so as soon as I got my first job, it was at this place called Pump It Up, which is like a kid's birthday party place. And um, they hired me when I was 15 because I, it was like the day or two before my 16th birthday because then I was like legal. Um, and I saved up for for a few months and I spent like my first couple paychecks on just getting a couple microphones, a little M box, which is just, you know, the thing to plug it in, to plug it into your computer and, uh, and like logic pro X on, on my Apple computer. And then I just started learning from there. And so that was where my music production love came from. Uh, and that's when I knew I was like, okay, this is something I want to continue doing at least for a hobby, you know, but at the time it was like, I want to do this as my career forever. And so I, and I still love it very much. And so that was probably sophomore year of high school, maybe freshman year as well. Um, and I went throughout high school and senior year, I signed on with this recording studio uh, in Seattle, Washington called Robert Lang Studios. And they're famous for working with Nirvana and the Foo Fighters and Soundgarden and just incredible musicians and bands. And so they were running an educational program at the time um, for people who wanted to learn how to record. And my parents were able to front the money. I was super grateful for it. We were at kind of a tight financial spot. I, to this day, don't know how they made it work, um, but they did. And it was so life-changing working at that studio. They had great instructors. It was such a good place to meet other really talented people who were either up and coming artists uh, or working with people who would actually come to the studio and having opportunities to work with real clients. And then after I graduated that program, they actually hired me on as an audio engineer um, to work on sessions, so on and so forth. And then when I was merging from personal trainer slash audio engineer slash business owner, <laughs> they, uh, they hired me on as their, their marketing gal for that moment in time as well. Um, and then it wasn't until I moved down here where, where it fizzled out, but it was awesome. And, and it allowed me to have a lot more connections with people when I did start doing my marketing with um, bands in Seattle and different producers and, and things like that. So it was awesome. That is all so wild. That's so wild. Like, this, I, I love learning about people because I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like my childhood was a little boring at times because I, I just grew up playing sports in my mind. So like, uh, I've always been fascinated with musicians in particular because I think it's such a fascinating thing. Like, if anybody's ever picked up a guitar, like, what is this thing? How do you how do you find like how do you figure this thing out? So for me, it's like you know, hats off to you, and I'm so intrigued by that. Um, what kind of, so you said, uh, what kind of music were you playing? What kind of music would you, what kind of music do you play now? Like, do you pick up the guitar and like kind of have your time? Like what's your relationship with the guitar now? My relationship with the guitar, it's a little bit sad. It's not, it's not as healthy as it was before. Um, I, I, when I started making like the 
transition, so to speak, of like guitar to more of the production side. I fell so hard in the production side that the guitar side got like left alone a little bit. And I'd pick it up every now and again. And, and the genres that I did like to play um, were very much like singer songwriter, like Jason Mraz or Colby Clay and stuff like that. And I did play electric guitar as well, uh, but it was so loud. And I think I got rid of my amp at one point and then it was just like, just my, my acoustic stuff. And so right now it's, it's kind of on and off. Like I'll pick it up and then I'll put it back down. But on the production side, I, I started working with a, and this was like a year or two ago, I started working with um, a close friend that I did know in high school. And he came to me one day cause I think I reached out to him maybe like on, snapchat through a mutual friend because i saw that he was starting to get into rapping and i was like okay we kind of know each other through our mutual friend maybe we can make a project together and this was when i was working at the recording studio and so he came over he was like holy shit you work at a real recording studio like yeah let's make music together and i was like little do you know i've only been trying this for about six months <laughs> and so we we made um a couple of albums together and uh I, i'm really into hip-hop kind of like lo-fi hip-hop alternative r&b and I really love producing that sort of music. And I'll still do that every now and again um, and just make whatever. And they usually, at the moment, kind of just sits in my library of, of music that's heard by me and some of my friends. Um, but now that I'm saying it out loud, like, I should just put it out there. Yes, put it out there. Like, not, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's listening to this that's really curious. Of like, oh, my God. Like, and to give some people context who... Um, people who are watching can tell probably your age, but uh, people who are listening, get some context of how old you are. Because it does sound like through all these experiences that you might be like, you know, older than what you are. And I think uh, people will be surprised to know how, how young you really are. Yeah, I get that a lot when, when I'm talking to people on the phone. Um, I, I get, oh, I'm probably like 29, 30 age range. I'm 23 years old. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I've always been the type of person that likes to taste a lot of things. And ever since I was a kid, I don't know if it's just like my ADD nature or whatever it is, but I love trying so many things and I'm not afraid to either try something in conjunction with something else or just like, if I'm not loving it, drop it and find something different. So I think that's why I've had so many different experiences um, and have put myself in situations where it's new and, and different. I love it. It's, it's interesting to me, like when I picked up the phone and like, you know, we talked for the first time, like getting this idea of who you were and, uh, you know, vibing with you a little bit. But one of the things that I noticed, like a very good listener, like very good listener, um, listening to someone pretty much done talking and being able to like literally go back through. So like your interview skills are, are amazing just from that. You would be amazing if you were doing interviews. My question is like, what skills, what skills from, uh, like, I think trying all these things, uh, sometimes gets a bad rap. It gets a bad rap, right? Like this person's inconsistent, they're doing this, now they're doing that. How, do you, how would you say as someone who's done that and now is running a successful business in their own right, successful to your own definition, 
uh, meaning you have the freedom to do what you want when you want and you enjoy your life. That to me is like ringing the bell of success is what, what do you think of like, is it a good thing? Should people test things? I think so, but I want to hear your, your side. Yeah, I definitely think people should test things. Um, and I, I understand the perspective of it being really scary because we're so comfortable at where we're at um, or maybe we've been doing something uh, specific for such a long time that changing course would be you know uh, at, at some points unimaginable but I think that if you don't taste it and try it and just dip your toes in the water you're never going to know what could have been and for me personally like I've always been really afraid of getting old and forgetting things and getting old and regretting things. And it was like, if, if I, and, and to me, when I was, you know, seven years old, I was like, oh my God, 30 is like ancient. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, I'm going to live to 110, maybe 120. <laughs> and so I, I just always wanted to cherish specific moments um, and specific moments, meaning things that I've always wanted to do. Like I've always been really passionate about like, having a long bucket list and taking almost everything off possible and, and going through the list and trying new things. And I think it's so important for people to find some fun and joy in that. And it doesn't have to be a super long list. It doesn't have to be something that has, you know, that other people have done that you're just trying to mimic but like anywhere there's a little bit of curiosity or a little bit of passion inside like run in that direction um and you can be you know in my opinion physically no you can't be in two places at once but when you are tasting different things and if you're at a job or if you are running your own business there is ways to incorporate other things into your life so that you have some sort of balance in like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this part of my job here, but then I want to go taste this after work and go try volunteering here or traveling here. And like, we can make space and we can make time for the things that are really important to us. And it just all comes down to like figuring out what is important to them. It's great. I think, uh, I don't think enough people chase what they're passionate about um, or feel like they can chase what they're passionate about. And it seems like you've created that space for me to do that. And I, I really like what you just said. Like, I, I probably, I don't probably, I share those, those, those fears with you, like getting old and forgetting and getting old and regretting. And those are, those are some kind of some, probably a little bit of a principle to guide you along what what you choose to do and what you choose to accept. I mean, uh, what are some of those things on that bucket list of yours? Oh man, um, there's so many. I haven't gone skydiving yet. Definitely want to do that. That's like a classic one. Who doesn't? Well, probably a lot of people actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go swimming with sharks. Um, the places I want to travel to, honestly, I want to hit every single country uh, in the world. I have wanted to volunteer with different and, and I can't think of any specific organizations at the moment but for more so like what they do 
organizations that are involved in social justice, um, environmental change, um, helping, you know, world hunger and all that stuff. And gosh, what else? I don't know, anything and, and everything. I, there, there's very few things where you could mention like, oh, would you like to do this? Where I'd be like, eh, no. Like, yeah, sure. I've never done it before, then yeah, it's probably on my list. On your list, yeah. I, you're, you're like me in the fact that you just kind of want to experience what life has to offer and, and try things out. So at this point, it definitely seems like uh, you have had an awesome life, and I believe that you have. And I am curious, just to maybe humanize it a little bit, what maybe are some of the challenges uh, in the 23 years on, on planet Earth? What are, what are a challenge, like what's a challenge that you've kind of experienced? And maybe uh, we'll start with that. Yeah, um, I've had so many challenges uh, and, and continue to have challenges. Like, you know, I, I don't necessarily like to put a, a, a label on my ADD, but like it is something that's affected my focus, obviously. Um, and in school, it was definitely hard because we were brought up like grades are important and, you know, having this, this structured lifestyle is important. Going to college is important. And I was just always the opposite. Like, uh, I don't really think it's that important. <laughs> and that was going against the grain. And so one of the challenges was going against the grain and having all of this, this feedback, good or bad, come back at me and forming my own opinions from that feedback. Um, and throughout those years, I think it's caused obviously a lot of doubt in certain areas of my life. Like I still deal with a lot of uh, self-criticism and saying, is this the right move? Should I be doing this? And at those times, I always kind of have to come back to like my childlike self and say, you know what, just fuck it, do it anyways. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's me who's living this life and nobody else is living it um, through me. Like people are living it with me. And, and the opinions of those people are honestly the only opinions that I, I take and care about. Everything else is taken with a grain of salt. And that's been really hard too, is, is taking people's opinions, taking people's feedback with a grain of salt and saying, okay, what do I, what can serve me out of the feedback that they've given? Um, and what is just like trash, like I don't need that. And so I also deal with like um, a lot of fear of judgment too. And that was super prevalent when I was doing shows for the first time. Like my stage fright was intense. Like I would get really shaky. I, I, if I would speak, like my voice would not only crack, but just like choke a little bit. And I was so glad I wasn't a singer because I don't think I could have done that. Um, and, and even now too, especially like I'm putting out my face on the internet, which means it could go anywhere and everywhere. And my ideas and the things that I hold really close, like I, I try and put a lot of myself into my content and show up as authentically as possible. And by doing that, it's, it's really opening up my walls and open for criticism, open for attack, so to speak. Um, but it's funny because most of the well, actually, all the feedback that I've gotten so far has always been really positive. And so, again, it comes back to that inner critic of like, oh, maybe people won't like this. Or what if it's not important to this section of society? Uh, 
and I always have to remember that like it it doesn't really matter as long as I'm doing what I like somebody will resonate with that on the other side yeah that's that's the important part right there it's like you know there's something about being yourself that once you kind of put yourself because it is very vulnerable it is very vulnerable to be um, like you talk about being an introvert it's like oh yeah no one's in either of our rooms as we're doing this zoom podcast but uh people do listen uh thank you listeners for being here um but it's 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 interesting when you start to just behave as yourself a couple things that i know <clears throat> is it's like okay i'm myself and i'm putting myself out there and then once you kind of do it you realize like oh it's not it's not that bad and it feels freeing and it's it, freedom like internal freedom and like finding my own place in this this universe right is what i'm after well then that's that's it this is just being who i am and you know like you kind of talked about the uh add and lack of focus and like i don't necessarily see that from from the conversation and from having other conversations with you just because of the way that you are able to listen focus and recall information so I don't know if you just have some ninja training skills that like help you tap into that, that you're willing to share. Uh, do you have any ninja skills on how to, how to keep focus like that? Or, you know, what do you attribute to, if you, if you had ADD or if you have ADD, attribute, like what is, what is it that allows you to focus like that? Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you mentioned it. And, and honestly, I haven't really thought about that before. Um, I think as far as the listening skills goes, I've always been a big listener, even as a kid, like my friends would talk. I, I've always been around people that would like talk a lot and I was more interested in just listening to them and then asking them more questions. Um, and so I think that's where the kind of listening strength has come from. But on the flip side, like either when I'm alone um, or in a classroom setting in high school and stuff, when it comes to tasks or projects, that's where I'm like, find struggle in keeping uh, channels for everything and keeping focus when I'm you know, supposed to be doing one certain thing or trying to wrap my brain around a big idea and starting to narrow it down into smaller stuff. And I've definitely had to work on those specific skills because with all of this freedom in having your own business, it's, it's, freedom all the time and so it's like uh-oh that's a little dangerous for somebody like me who's like a procrastinator and who likes to dabble in a bunch of different things um and so it's been a process in like getting really really organized and i think that's been something that's helped a lot with staying focused it's being so organized that when you are doing a certain task or a project or whatever it may be that like you can't help but focus on one thing at a time. And so I've worked on a lot of time blocking for when I'm supposed to be doing certain tasks, um, organizing even just like my tabs or my folders or my calendar in a way that is like, you're supposed to be doing this at this time or this for this a certain amount of time. And like anything outside of this 15, 10, 60 minute window, doesn't matter. Like you have to focus on this and I'll always find myself slipping up too. And in that 60 minute window, even a 10 minute window where I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. And then an email will pop up and I'll be like, I got to check that, but I don't in, in the grand scheme of things. And so 
I think it's really been the organizational part and really trying to have everything have a place, have everything have a time, and then as much as possible, put all of my energy into that. And one thing that's also really helped is meditation. Um, ever since I started practicing meditation on a regular basis, like now I do it every morning. Um, but even back when I first started, I did it like a couple of times a week. It was very beneficial. Uh, and the traditional sort of meditation where you're just focusing on your breath, but also the sort of meditation where you do let your mind wander. Um, I think like uh, the guy from, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Don Bilyeu, Bilyeu from Impact yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tom Bilyeu. <laughs> yes. So he calls it thinkitating. And I started doing that during the day, like work, right before I would start an activity. And that also helps my brain focus on one specific thing. Like when I go into thinkitating, I'll have a specific either question or focus in my mind that is about my work. And then as soon as I'm done, it's easier to go back into that specific task and stay motivated to focus on it. And then if something does come up, it's you know, it's dust that I brush off instead of something that I feel like I need to look into. Yeah, I feel like something for me is beneficial in that regard is kind of like emptying the tank, right? Like, uh, speaking to organization, it, it does seem like that goes against uh, against the grain, right, of who you are, right? Like, I like this, I like this, I like this. And so it's also a similar challenge I have had in my life is just staying organized, like papers upon papers of notes, uh, if you go into my notes on my phone, you go into Microsoft OneNote, you go into Google Drive, you go into my desktop, it's, it's just all these ideas always coming out of me and putting them somewhere. And I feel like a mad scientist sometimes or an mad crazy artist where I have all this shit everywhere. And, you know, so then, then flipping it and like actually putting a schedule together and saying, hey, this is what I need to do is probably the biggest challenge when you know, for me as an entrepreneur who is um, creative, I'm, I'm, I'm a creative person and you know, taking, taking that time to, to do that feels like I'm taking my freedom away, right? Like I'm taking my freedom away. But what I think we both realize is like, once we've done that, we've realized that we actually have more freedom. Like we actually get what we want. We actually schedule and block things out. We actually focus a little bit. And then actually getting focused. And, and to speak on meditation, I don't know if you use any apps or if you just kind of do it on your own. Um, but I try to do a few different types of meditation because I think for those who, who know what meditation is, it's getting very popular right now. Um, you know, just with this, the, the option of social media, things do spread really fast, uh, especially if they're, they're worth it. And I think meditation is. But for those who are kind of listening, like meditation can come in a lot of different forms. And like you're talking about thinking. And for, for me, there's this sitting, sitting down, I'm taking time, whether it's five, 10, 20, an hour to literally sit and just watch my thoughts go by like traffic, you know, on the highway and just take myself away from that. Like doing it, like you said, twice a week is super helpful. Um, but then I also find that just being aware, and it seems like you have this awareness, it's like, because you said something earlier, and I can't recall it at this moment. It's like, well, not necessarily that. And so having that awareness and something that you develop and cultivate through just listening and watching your thoughts go by. Um, and for me, I actually, a lot of times, I like to find like meditation 
active, like I'm standing in the shower. Like I can use standing in the shower as, a, as another point to just observe those thoughts. So I didn't know uh, if you kind of just dive into your meditation practice just a little bit more of like, are you using apps? Are you just sitting down and go to the same place? What's your regimen? Yeah, yeah. And, and you said something really interesting that I want to touch on before I forget is like the active meditation, like when you're in the shower or when people are working out or when you're literally just sitting kind of staring out into nature, um, like on a balcony or something. It's interesting because the, what happens in our brain is like, it actually starts to mimic what our brain waves are doing when we're meditating. And they've done studies about this, where you're in this sort of like alpha wave brain state when you're meditating, but you're also in that same brain state when you're in flow, like you're awake, you're doing something, you're staring at something, you're in the shower, you're running. Um, and those two states of mind are really the same. And so you really are meditating during those moments. And, and I think it's, it's so interesting because especially for creative people, some of those ideas that do hop in, in the shower, like into your brain or when you're running or doing other things, some of them are like the best ideas you'll ever come up with. Um, and so for me, that's one really cool meditative state that, that I like to get into, but also I do use apps. Yeah. I use this app called Omvana, O-M-V-A-N-A. And it's by Mind Valley. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Mind Valley. Mind Valley. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome uh, company and institution, but I use their app and I go through the six phase meditation by Vishen Lakhiani. Um, that's one I listen to most often, but there's a ton of meditation, uh, programs on that specific app and that's that's the one app that I've found that I actually enjoy I've tried like calm app I've tried a couple other free apps that I don't know the name of um but that one's more of a meditation that gets me engaged and also is allowing my mind to sort of wander but in a controlled space because you know they're talking you through what you're supposed to be able to do um and otherwise, if, if I'm just really sitting and focusing on breath, um, a lot of times I actually won't use any sort of app or put on any sort of music. I'll just be in a really quiet space and either lay on my bed or sit in a comfortable chair and meditate that way without any noise. Now, for someone who um, has ADD, sitting in a chair with no TV, no music, no meditation, nothing what was like what's your first experience with that it sucked i hated it, <laughs> I hated it so much. sometimes i still hate it like depending on what my energy level is like or or what i have going on for that day um it was really really hard and i think because and i think the way that we think about meditation is changing now and people have different perspectives on like what it means how you can do it and what works for you individually. But when I first started doing it, it was more like it's breath work. You focus on your breath. It's supposed to calm your mind. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I definitely need to calm my mind. And when, when I tried it the first time or first few times, um, like you said, sitting in a chair with nothing else going on, any tiny little sound or, or if there's no sounds like your brain's just going to make up whatever it wants in its, in its mind to, you distracted uh 
it was really, really tough. And so like focusing on my breath, you know, I would get through like two or three breaths because they're really deep. And then by the time I'm coming back down, I'm like thinking about churros or something. It's, it's so random. Um, and even now, you know, I, I honestly only do it for very short amounts of time when I'm doing meditation like that, where it's very, uh, mindful. I typically only do it for a maximum of 10 minutes. Um, and that's kind of my sweet spot. I'll do like 10 minutes or less. And for meditation, that's a little bit more active. I'm able to do it for 20, 30, 40 minutes. And so I find that really interesting. Time flies a lot faster on those other meditations. But for, for me personally, like you said, with, with this ADDD, uh, not DDD, but uh, brain and mindset, it's like focusing on one thing has, has, has helped my focus on other areas of my life, right? Because you get a little bit distracted and then you bring it back to the center. And honestly, it's, it's helped me think of other things um, that are applic applicable in other areas of my life as far as when I get off track emotionally, let's say, like I'm, I'm feeling really good and then I start to feel myself get off of that that space i'm able to sort of bring it back and so whether it's through my mental focus or like my emotional focus meditation has been able to sort of i don't know make it all mesh well together um and and work in a way that like you were mentioning the awareness level uh has been heightened you know i definitely did not have this level of awareness to years ago yeah. and i think awareness has been to your point like you mentioned relationships and talking about emotional like uh, one of the questions i was going to pose to you is like why 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 would you meditate like why why what is it and i i think your answer is probably going to be along the lines of, of what your mission is it's like you know getting old and forgetting and getting old and, and i don't know if this is actually your personal mission statement but uh it's going to be it's going to be your second one at least so uh, and getting, you know, getting old and regretting. And I think meditation fits into that, right? It's it's like for someone, because in my mind, here's what I'm hearing somebody might say, or even myself say, it's like, why would I want to do that? Why, why on earth would I want to sit and literally like not, and, and, and when we're talking about this, this is like, this is like choice, right? This isn't like, um, this isn't the, I'm exhausted after a long day of work and the kids went to bed and I just need to flop on the couch and I'm going to sit here. Right. Um, and, and, and both of us, like, I think people can be busy. I think it was a, was a badge of honor and still is a badge of honor to, to be busy. And so, so it's like, why I don't deserve to sit down. Why would I want to sit down? I got too many things on my plate. Like why would you, or why would somebody like, what's the value of just sitting down with, yourself only you what's the value i mean uh, one of the main things is because we don't do it almost ever um especially now like you said we're so busy and to me i i never want to be busy i want to be productive right like if i'm doing something that is worth or something or, or that i find joy in sure those are great things that i can do but if i ever feel myself getting busy to me that's like overwhelmed i have like too many things going on that aren't serving 
my greater purpose. Um, and with social media and work and people who have kids and dealing with the current global situation and also everybody has their own sort of baggage, really. Everybody has their own baggage. And so, like, I don't think that, first of all, we've never been taught to deal with all of those things as a whole. We've never been taught how to deal with the stress and, and the mental, again, baggage that comes with all of the noise that's in our daily lives. And so I think it's so important to sit down and either not think of anything or think of the, like, again, like you said, watch your thoughts go by, like as if you were watching traffic, because <clears throat> we don't get to do it. And it also gives you time to reflect on yourself. And it puts you in a space where you are alone, but you're also, you're alone with your own thoughts and you're alone with your own soul, essentially. Um, and I don't think we spend enough time soul searching, really, and getting in touch with who we are down to a core, why we feel the things that we feel, why we react to certain things that we do, um, what makes us tick, the, the reason why we have certain thoughts. And as we start to answer those questions, it unlocks a lot of doors uh, that you're once you open it's like a release of whether it's emotion or a release of memories or a release of stress really and so there's a lot of things that have happened because my level of awareness has been heightened from meditation and from getting in tune with who I am and taking space and time for myself that has made my relationships better it's made my work better it's made the way that i feel about myself better it's made my emotional awareness better um and i think that because we don't have those opportunities you know randomly like it's not given to us hey go take five minutes to meditate like you have to do it for yourself you have to make time to do it for yourself and i think it's so beneficial to you start to peek through the blinds a little bit and say like, who is Haley Kalani? What do I care about? And why do I care about it? What are the things that makes me angry? Why do they make me angry? Um, and, and really dive into what makes this tick. What are, what are some non-negotiables for Haley? Cause I feel like meditation. Yeah. I feel like meditation is like a non-negotiable. Yeah. You might go a day without it, but it's still a non-negotiable. It's the, 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 the phrase, like, it's the rule, not the exception. I used to live, like, so contradictory. Not contradictory. Like, I've always played devil's advocate in most situations. And I, I haven't really had my own beliefs and things. I've kind of just learned about it. So I've always played devil's advocate. I, I would always say, well, what about the exception? What about the exception? What about the exception? And as I kind of approach 30 now, it's like, ah, I need to have my own rules. And then you know, notice this as the exception. And so one of the words that comes up or phrases, I guess, is like non-negotiable. So it's like, as a rule, I meditate. As a rule, I work out. As a rule, I journal. You know, like these are the things. So I'm curious to know for you uh, if you have any non-negotiables and if you do, what they might be. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, meditating is definitely one. It's funny. Also, exercise and journaling is also the other two things that are really big. Um, and again, like you, like you said, there's certain days where I'll, I'll skip it when I'm not supposed to. Um, but that happens to everybody. Uh, but they are, for the most part, and a big part, like non-negotiable, as you mentioned. And another thing is having time to do whatever I want that's not related to work, that's not related to necessarily social time. It's like whatever I feel like doing, even if it's watching TV. Um, but most of the time it's starting to create fun. Like I, it's non-negotiable that I have to take time at, at least a small amount of time every day to have fun. And I usually have the most fun when I'm with my girlfriend and my dog, like doing whatever, even if we're just like walking around TJ Maxx or something. <laughs> and so uh, that's another really big non-negotiable um, that I think about a lot because I'll be working or, uh, you know, planning out activities or talking with clients and stuff. And sometimes I'll have those thoughts in my back of my brain where I'm just like, I wish I was doing something more fun right now, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a big one. I was going to ask, uh, I was going to say, do you wish you were doing something more fun right now? Is that what you're trying oh, to tell me? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Haley? Subliminally, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is really fun. What kind of dog you have? He is a Australian Shepherd Border Collie mix, but she's like short hair. Um, and we got her when we got back from a trip from Hawaii. We were going to this like worldwide organic farming thing where we were volunteering on this organic coffee farm. And when we came back, cause our, our trip got cut short. It was supposed to be like three months long. Something happened with the place we were living in at the time. And they were like, hey, they called us while we were in Hawaii. And they're like, hey, you gotta come home early. You're gonna be kicked out in 30 days because we're moving back in to the room that you're staying in. And so we had to cut our trip short. We're really, really sad about it. And then we thought, you know what? To make ourselves feel better, how about we get a dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was super fun. And, and I'm glad we did it. You know, there's moments in time where I'm like, why did we choose to get the most energetic dog that causes so many problems? Um, but I definitely wouldn't trade her for anything. That's so funny. Uh, I have an Australian cattle dog which is also very high strung and like he's me in dog form. That's the thing is like, and I didn't, I didn't really grow up with dogs. Our relationship with dogs and family is like, we never had time. So we get a dog and we get rid of the dog. I mean, that's kind of, that was our MO. Like uh, we're never home. My dad coached baseball, mom worked and took all the kids around and there was five of us and at least always like three of us in the house. So it's like, this person had baseball, this person had baseball, this person had soccer, like whatever was going on. So like, we always felt bad because the dog never really got any attention, so we always gave it away. Uh, and so for me, uh, well, one, did you, did you grow up with dogs? Yeah, I grew up with a ton of dogs. My family was definitely the same way. At one point we had like four dogs in the house and it, I've, I've always had those like furry little companions. Yeah. I, I have not. And so Mowgli is my dog's name. Uh, Mowgli comes from the Jungle Book. And he's a red healer. He's like 40 pounds. But literally, like I said, he's me in dog form. And I've learned so, so much. Not a good dog dad. I'm not. 
like, I, and I've had to like be, I'm not trying to like somebody pity me and tell me I'm a good dog that I'm not. I'm, I've had to learn. I think Tim Ferriss even talked about how like he's learned so much by having a dog because now Tim Ferriss doesn't have kids and I have kids and I would say I'm a much better human father than I am a dog dad. Like I, um, but again, I think Mowgli, my dog is so much like hyperactive. He's, he's wants to play all the time. As soon as he gets tired and he like sits down for five minutes, he's ready to play again. And it's like, it's nonstop. Always got energy. He's always got to be like, it seems like he's always thinking of ideas or doing something and like conjuring up. And I just feel like maybe that's why I don't get along with him. So, well, actually we do. We're, we're becoming best buddies and we're doing more workouts together. And he's, he's taught me a different form of meditation. He's taught me to slow down. He's taught me like, oh, I can schedule like, because a dog is different than a child, right? A dog needs to go out, a dog needs to be fed and, and watered and stuff like that. And so like, and that's not something you can just be like, oh, he's like, like he needs attention, a lot of it. And so uh, it's kind of helped me in my own selflessness and uh, kind of realizing some of the uh, things that I need, I need to work on. So I, I learned a lot about dogs. So that's um, as far as other non-negotiables, you've talked about working out, you talked about Orange Theory before. Uh, how, one, how did you, how did you get involved, involved into working out or health and fitness? And then what does it look like today? Yeah, I, I always enjoyed sports as a kid. I did softball. Um, I did soccer ever since I was really little. Um, soccer has kind of been my favorite and it wasn't until maybe high school when soccer was like a little bit more competitive and you had to try out instead of just like signing up and being on a team <laughs> I was like oh wow okay I have to be in really good shape to be able to outperform or outstand the competition um and so that's when I was like all right you know, running was a big thing, but I hated running and it wasn't very fun to me. Didn't make me feel good. I found it so boring. So then I was like, okay, what other forms of working out are there? Um, and then I got really into like weight training and learning about the different exercises and parts of the body that, you know, were, were vital in the specific sports that I was playing at the time. And then, uh, well, and that came from my dad, actually. He was a personal trainer when he was younger. And he loved weight training. So he would talk a lot about it. He'd show me some stuff. Um, and then I would go to the gym and, like, try it out. And then later on, I got super into mixed martial arts and, and you know, MMA. And I joined this gym um, who was, you know, the owner was, like, a former UFC fighter. And so it was like a really awesome gym to be in. And I learned a lot and I loved kickboxing, loved putting on gloves and beating the shit out of things. And I loved learning how to spar and grapple and do all that stuff. Uh, and that's where I really found out like, okay, when fitness doesn't have to be, you know, just running, it doesn't have to be just yoga. It doesn't have to be just weight training. It can be any form of physical activity. And so that's when uh, I fell more in love with it. And then because I fell in love with it, I was like, okay, you know, I'd be really sore in certain parts of my legs. And so then I go weight train those other parts of my legs to help strengthen muscles. And then after a while, 
I, I mixed a few and, and wound up doing CrossFit. And I had never done CrossFit before, but this was after Orange Theory. And it was, Orange Theory is almost like a little baby stepping stone to CrossFit. It's like circuit training. You do some weight stuff. But I really love the, the competitive nature of CrossFit, which makes sense because of sports and MMA and all that stuff. But it was like you versus you. And I thought that was a really intense challenge. Um, and to see progress like month after month was really fun for me. And so I, I think MMA specifically and CrossFit has been like my two loves that I really like to incorporate now in everyday activities. And so when I work out or go exercise, it's usually one or the other or a mix of both. Like I'll do some boxing and then I'll do some weightlifting. And then next day I'll just do some like jump squats and then I'll do some kickboxing or jujitsu and stuff like that. So this is, see, you can, you're like a, you're like a never ending bag of tricks, right? You just, pull it, <laughs> just keep pulling things out of the hat. It's like, Oh, now she's, now she's MMA. Now she's a kickboxer. Now she's a boxer. Now she's a crossfitter, right? It's like, Oh, she makes rap music. Oh, she makes lo-fi music. Oh, she plays acoustic guitars. Like get out of here. What else is in that bag of tricks? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Um, Let's see. I don't know. We've, we've kind of unpacked a lot of the who I am and, and the things that I really, really enjoy. And that's definitely, it, it's funny too, because like, as you mentioned, you know, there's so many different things that I've tried and done and, and experimented with, but I think it all comes down to one thing, which is like an outlet for whether it's my creative side or like my physical side. And so it's always related around fitness or some sort of creativity, whether it's filmmaking, music stuff, um, poems, like writing, all of that. And so to me, almost all of the different things that I have done have revolved around those two things. Um, and, and within those two things, it all comes down to one thing, which is like, making myself feel good and like satisfied and fulfilled at the end of the day. And all of those different activities, all of the experiences, all of the random jobs that I've ever worked have aided in that fulfillment that I feel um, at the end of each day. That's so how does one get to, from your perspective, how does somebody get to that point where they do, because part of it seems like you've created a life Right. you've created these opportunities for yourself. You've done things that you really did want to do. So like, where is the line, right? Like, cause there's a fine line. I, and I'm trying to figure this out for myself a little bit, or just observe where I'm at. It's like, there's a fine line between doing, doing what you want and then doing hard things. Because I think, I think a lot of people do a lot of hard things a lot of time but it never actually is strategically or targeted to getting them into an opportunity where they can do things on a daily, weekly, monthly, you know, something where they're enjoying, like how does somebody go from doing hard things to doing what they love? Cause it sounds like you're doing things you are enjoying and you, you continually find ways to do that. Uh, is it, and it sounds to me like it's a little bit from tasting multiple things. It's, you know, taking care of, of, sitting down and kind of you know understanding what do i want what's on my bucket list what's not you know and like the question is like or the the, the thought of the mission statement 
is getting old and forgetting and getting uh, old and regretting. Like that's some very, you know, long-term thinking that I think a lot of people don't, don't ever stop to think about down the line, right? Like what life am I creating? When I get to a hundred years old, what life have I created? And, and do these steps get me there, right? Do they at all lead in that direction, right? How might this work in there? And like, do I enjoy it along the way? So I don't know what the question really was other than how, like how you really create it, you know, how you create your life and doing things that you love to do. Like, how did you get to that point at such, in my opinion, at such a young age? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think like a big part of it, and I'm really lucky for this is, when I feel something that interests me, like I feel it, I feel it to a core. It like I, I am itching until I do it. Um, I think, and I think for a lot of people, um, it's not necessarily so evident right away. It's it's like it takes a little bit of time to figure out what that thing that makes them itch until they do it is, and. And I think you hit the nail on the head too. Like it's, it's definitely about tasting different things. And if you never taste it, you're never going to know if it triggers something inside of you that is undeniably like, I have to do this. Um, and I, I think like when you try those different things and uh, again, actually going back to the whole meditating and being very much self-aware, like you have to spend time with yourself. Um, and, and spend time with yourself with the things that you already know that you love doing and then really getting your own head of like, okay, the things that bring me the most joy are blank and the things that I really, really hate are blank. And when you have those two polar opposites, you can start to get rid of the things that you really, really hate or little aspects of it you know, in your everyday life and say, okay, whether it's career or social stuff, you can start to remove things that aren't serving you and focus on the things that can. And I think a lot of people are limited by this invisible ceiling. Um, and they think certain things maybe aren't available to them or are really difficult to reach. Uh, but I think it was Naveen Jain. He's like this genius billionaire guy he was like if you think it's impossible it's only impossible to you and so if if you go into either a, a subject or an experience or a thought thinking like you know I don't know if I can ever do that you're limiting yourself already to even trying one small piece of what that might look like so for me traveling the world. I've only ever been out of the country besides Canada one time to the Philippines, but I'm like, I want to travel every single country on earth. Um, and for most people would be like, well, that's going to take 50, 60 years. And I'm like, well, if I'm 103 getting on a plane, going to Jamaica, that's cool. Like, that's fine. <laughs> but people are really limited by like this timeline. And I think, again, it's like that invisible glass ceiling where it's like, um, well, how do I break through? It's, it's the really small things. Like what can you do in your local area or what can you even research um, and find more knowledge on to see if that's something you'd ever even wanna do. 
and and to that point starting to do research like the things that you do find a lot of joy in finding other people who find joy in it talking to them seeing what their experiences are uh, and that way you don't even have to at that point in time leave your own bubble until you know it's something that you love um, and then once you take those smaller steps eventually you're going to be in an experience or in a situation where you're like this is what i've been searching for and a lot of people like you know you, you, i i say this very frequently but you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backwards and i and, and that i didn't come from me somebody else said that obviously um but i love that that quote or that saying because it's so true like i had no idea no idea that i would ever be in any sort of marketing or business space that was not what i had envisioned even three years ago um and so it all just comes from trying and, and tasting and learning and really having an identity around being okay with not knowing what the next step is. It's interesting. Uh, only connect the dots looking back. And I agree as I get older, I look back. I never would have guessed this is what my life looked like. I never would have guessed these would have been my wall colors or this would have been my neighborhood or this is what I would have been interested in. This is how it's been my day. One of the things that I think is interesting is just the pursuit, right? Like, I think what you have is clarity. It's like, I am going to travel as many countries as possible, and I'm not waiting. I'm not jumping full in and only doing that and only doing just traveling, and that's all I'm going to do. Uh, but I'm going to find a way to put it into my, you know, my inner workings of my months and my years, and I'm going to do it for the remainder of my life. So I know that I have 103 years. If I, if I you know, die tomorrow, then I'm not going to be too upset because I'm dead, right? But it's like, this is the pursuit. And I think that's one thing that I find uh, helpful or insp inspiring from you, but also just helpful and relieving in a sense is like, oh, I need to find the things that I really enjoy doing because these are the things I'm going to be doing for the next years in a sense. Like, what do I want to be doing next year? What are the huge goals? What, what impossibilities do I have in my mind that are false? And how do I remove those so that I can enjoy the things I want to do, whether that's like, you know, full-time musician or, you know, full-time coach or full-time comedian or full-time, I'm just throwing things out there for anybody. It's a full-time pilot or I want to have my own plane. Like all of those are very possible and they're very possible when you get outside of yourself a little bit and you realize that other people have done these types of things that you think are impossible. Like, you think it's impossible. You think it has to happen a certain way because that's the other part of it, right? It's like even even the clarity we have on some of these uh, ideas of what we want our life to look like, they always come with little different aspects. They always come with a little bit, you know, like you wanted, you wanted ice cream, but you didn't ask for sprinkles, but you got sprinkles, you know, it's like, that's kind of what life does. It's like it adds in these, these variations and, and kind of just being focused on the pursuit of, of, of happiness uh, on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis, lifetime basis, like, chipping away at that so i think that's pretty interesting where where or how what's influenced you who's influenced you where does your primary influence um come from does it come from childhood you know teacher mentor parents uh people now mixture of both where, where's your influence come from? yeah i think one of my 
my main and biggest influences is probably my parents. Um, the good and the bad, right? And and I learned from things that, you know, they've actually taught me, but I've also learned a lot from just observing. I've always been very observant as a kid and seeing what I am. I've also one of the youngest family members too. Uh, and I have a fairly big family. And so I got to watch a lot of my cousins and my aunts and uncles and so on and so forth do things, be things, experience things. And from observing and, and how they were living their life and how happy they were, I would always gravitate towards the people that were most fulfilled, most happy, um, most eager to have fun. And that has shaped me a lot. Like specifically a couple of my cousins on my dad's side, they were always like, very energetic, playful, love to try new things. And that shaped me a lot. I was very influential as a kid. And also my parents, um, they've instilled a lot of things that I think have, have grounded me. Like I, I, I only go so far, but I never stray away from who I am as a person. And I can taste things and, and become, and I can grow and become different but I'm still Haley to a core. And my parents have definitely shaped me in that. And other influences outside of my family have been like, as I was growing up, um, well, more so when I was older, like in high school, Gary V, honestly, the, his passion and him being like, don't give a fuck about what anybody else thinks about you, definitely helped me a lot. I was like, you know what? He's so right. And he was always so big and still is about like, pursue, pursue, pursue. And if you're not happy, leave it. It doesn't matter if you're broke. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you have a shitty apartment or a really nice apartment um, or a nice car or a shitty car. Like as long as you as a person are happy and fulfilled, that's all that matters. And so that shaped me a lot too. And, and that's really where I started to dive into the whole almost entrepreneurial mindset. Um, it, it was more of like a gateway into the mindset of like feeling free, being happy and being free. And, and then, you know, I fell into like Tony Robbins and uh, oh gosh, like so many people that I, that I can't think of the name of, you know, on, off the top of my head now, but people in the entrepreneurial field who have, just been like, you know what, it doesn't matter if you fail, it doesn't matter if you succeed, as long as you're happy at the end of the day, and you're trying to impact other lives, that's really what's going to create this sense of fulfillment. Yeah, I think a lot of times too, and when the serendipity of serendipitousness of life, big word for Kale, it we don't know what we don't know in the, in the fact of like, how do I make more sense of that? It's like, I, I've been using the example as a young kid, you know, growing up, you don't know much more than walking and crawling or picking something up or eating from, you know, thugging on your mom, right? Like you don't know much other than that exists. And we still don't know what exists. And there's so much that happens a lot of the time where, you know, People, for me, for example, I feel like I'm, I'm unable 
to enjoy the things I want to enjoy because here's life. And if I do that, then I'll miss out on this. Never really knowing what is actually on the other side, right? Like doing things you enjoy, like, have, like you never know who you're going to meet. You never know if you like tonight I'm playing kickball, right? Like if I said, well, I have to work. I can't play kickball. What's the odds of like me meeting somebody at kickball and actually inspiring a new thought or a new perspective or, um, you know, getting a job, right? Getting like, we never, we, I, I have had these limiting beliefs of like, well, I can't do these fun things because I have work to do, right? I have responsibility. And the reason I'm sharing that is because I know I'm not alone in that thought process. I know I'm not alone because I grew up in a culture and an environment that, that has that type of mindset. And for somebody like yourself, who's literally in the Philippines, got back, got your client, and that kickstarted everything. It's like, what would have happened if you didn't go to the Philippines? We don't know. We could placate all kinds of different, you know, um, scenarios of what could have happened. But it's, it's, it's the fact is like, you did it, you enjoyed it. And like, the more you do the things you enjoy, and I think about people who are famous too, or people who we look up to in role models, like, they're doing hard things because they're being vulnerable. They're putting themselves on a stage to be criticized, whereas they could be at home playing the guitar in their living room and no one ever hears them and they're, therefore they're never criticized for it. And those are kind of the hard things, but they're still doing things that they are passionate about. They're doing things that they, um, that they find fulfillment, whether it's acting, whether it's playing music or playing shows. Or, and so it's like, taking the stage away, taking being vulnerable around people. It's like, how do you put yourself into a situation where you just enjoy it and where you can be vulnerable? Maybe that's the difficult part. You can kind of learn and grow along the way. So um, anyways, I definitely think we need a podcast. I think you're talking about maybe doing a podcast. I think you and I have talked about, um, you know, what that might look like, but we just had brief discussions about it. Uh, is that something something that's in the works and you have you have the name of the podcast are you doing a podcast video podcast where can people find the podcast like tell me about this podcast idea because you definitely need to yeah yeah i it's definitely in the works at least in my brain um i have toyed with the idea for so long and that and, and this is the first podcast i've ever like actually appeared on and done and been a part of and it's really fun uh and now i'm like well shit, I just got to do it. Like, what, what am I waiting for? And it almost goes back to what you were talking about. Like, we're, we're so, you know, busy or, or doing other things that it's like, what could have been if we had just done the, the thing that has been calling to us or that we find really fun or that we find really interesting. Um, for example, like when my, our Hawaii trip got cut short by two and a half months, we were really upset. Like, we were like, we were supposed to be here for three months, but if we didn't come back, if we didn't move into the different apartment that we did, if we didn't get um, this dog, like our life would be dramatically different. And now looking back, I would never change a single thing. And sure, our Hawaii trip was cut short, but the two and a half weeks that we were there were some of the best weeks of my life. And the moment, it's like the moment in time is the thing that we have to hold on to rather than necessarily the thought of like what was what could have been what you're expecting the future to be it's like let let me just focus on 
the thing that I am enjoying right now. And so to bring it back to the podcast, you know, I, I have been thinking about it for a long time. I think she needs to bite the bullet and her name. I, I love coming up with names for things, but it's so hard because there's so many different names that I feel like it should be <laughs> or, or like different, maybe it's play on words or maybe it's just straight to the point, like Haley Kalani, or maybe it's, yes. you know, and, and the subject of the podcast too. It's like, well, I, it could be about so many things and maybe I'll just play on my ADD and make it about so many things. Um, but yeah, it's definitely in the works. Uh, when I put a timestamp on it, I'll let you know so that, so that I can make, maybe make another guest appearance on here. I, of course, of course. Well, I think the interesting thing is uh, I like your name. I think it's a fun name. Um, for sure, definitely, you know, Haley Galani is a cool name. And this should be your podcast because it's you. And I think for me and, and being somebody who we do share, well, um, as, as far as, uh, well, I'll come back to that. But as far as the podcast goes and, and, and to what you said earlier, it's like you can only connect the dots, you know, after you've kind of been through it, as you've gone, like looking backwards, you can only connect the dots. So it's like the same thing with the podcast is like, my, if, if listeners go back to the first episode of my podcast, literally I lay out all my very laundry. It's just me. I'm sitting outside at a park. I'm nervous as I'll get out. The camera angle's all messed up. The audio's windy. Traffic's driving by. That's my first podcast. Uh, and I thought it was just going to be me doing episodes. And eventually I had this idea in my mind. I, I'm very inspired. And I, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but I'm, I don't really give a shit, right? Take it with a grain of salt. But it's like, I'm fascinated by the Joe Rogan show in the fact that one of the things that I've always done and I've loved is I would probably have 400 episodes of my podcast if I just recorded some of the amazing conversations I've had. And that's, to me, some of those conversations I've taken so much from and probably given so much to that just that long form sitting down, it's just you and I, maybe a third person and eventually it's like, that's what I wanted as a podcast. And I was so afraid of like, putting that out there that I just was like, well, I'll just talk about my own stuff. And I got inspired to do a podcast, but as it's evolved, I also have different show types in my podcast, right? Like, and I, I'm trying to be honest with the viewers, like what those are. And so when they go to those, they can have an expectation of what they might be getting into as a podcast. But for me, it was not being trapped. I, I don't like to be trapped because um, uh, my, my uh, girlfriend had told me, you know, that I had attached my identity to my last job. And she was so true in that. Like, I actually had to get back in. I, I got to get out of here. I can't. And I've attached myself to these jobs. And the thing about the podcast is, like, it's a way for me to say, I'm not just a CrossFit coach. I'm not just a dad. I'm not just a parent, a spouse, a partner. A kid. Like, I'm all of these things. And so the podcast, for me, gives me that opportunity to, to be all sides of that. And I think what's so beautiful about the Rogan show is that that's, that's like, it's so easy for comedians to be lumped up and say, they're comedians, they should be funny all the time. And that's an extreme amount of pressure when you have to be a dad and you have to still screw up your dog's shit in your yard. Like, you're still a person. And so I love the long form podcast because when people in this world, especially right now, like, we need connection. And and just being so surface level all the time is like people talk about niche down, niche down. You know, you know, you're in marketing, niche down. It's like, yes, and like be a person, like 
niche down means to me at this point, be me. Like that's the nichest I can be. I don't know if nichest is the word, but it's definitely a word now. Nichest is definitely a word now. Um, so definitely have my vote to do a podcast. And like um, when I was getting into it, no one was really listening, right? And so it's like, you're figuring it out you're good at it and i i think i think you need one mostly and i think a lot of people need one some people i don't think need one at all uh because they're doing their own thing they're making videos or but i definitely think people need to um share with the world what they've learned and uh as a person uh you know i can put some tags and labels on you and and, and you would resonate with a lot of different people especially with your stories and you, you talk well you know you articulate, you think, I don't know if you want guests on your show, if you're just going to talk about certain things. I think you can do both. Uh, but definitely have my vote to do a podcast. I definitely think you can do that. Um, so pilot episode launches. <laughs> All right. Well, let's put a date on it. Pilot episode launches. When's your birthday? June 10th. Oh, so we passed that. No. Definitely. We'll say definitely before 2021. Let, let, let's do, let's do. Do you like Halloween? Are you, are you a Halloween person? Halloween. I was like, you know what? Why not October 31st? It's like right before November, but still gives me some cushion. I like that. I like that. Awesome. You were saying before, oh, sorry to cut you off, but. No, go for it. I was thinking um, what you were saying about just being human, like showing that human side um and and yeah the, you can't get any more niched out than kale marker specifically or Haley kalani specifically um and sharing these experiences with other people whether it's just your listeners or more guests like it's as niche as you could go you're learning about other people's stories and experiences that are uniquely their own that nobody else has ever experienced or will ever experience to that specificity and I think with our current social media, everything online, everything on the news, everything that we see is through a filter and it's very surface level, as you mentioned. Um, and yes, there are certain, you know, shows or certain people that share that deeper side of them. But when it's like as raw as a one-to-one -one conversation with people, that's when you get to like really see human to human who they are as a person um, and realize like, yeah, if they have a dog, picture them, you know, they are picking up their dogs shit <laughs> and they're just driving in the car alone out by themselves or, you know, making coffee in the morning alone in the quiet room of their, of their kitchen. Like it's, we put so many people up on pedestals. Um, but at the end of the day, they're also human beings and they do a lot of the same stuff that we do. And it, again, it humanizes that relationship. And when you see them in the future, it gives you a better perspective um, of, of who they are, but also realizing like, because we're all just human and because we all have such unique experiences, like what you see isn't, always what you get necessarily and like that's okay we want to share the the moments of elation in our lives but also the things that have caused a lot of pain and a lot of struggle and bring it back down to reality which is every single day is 
yes, incredible. And yes, we make the most out of it. But like, also I'm wearing tie-dye pajama pants at the moment, not gonna lie. So <laughs> like it's, it's, it's all a, uh, a, a facade to an extent until you have these conversations and until you like really just break down these walls. And um, as you said, I think podcasts are awesome for being able to do that. Uh, well, one, thanks for putting pants on uh, and wearing pants. I, I it's funny because I kind of, uh, I was like, I should wear pants for this thing. Like this is definitely <laughs> something you should wear pants for. Uh, I think, so you talked a little bit about the facade. And I think once, once you realize that people are, cutting their own toenails and fingernails like they're making time for that right they're shampooing their hair hopefully sometimes or whatever i don't know it depends on what you're into oh, or they're they are putting air in their tires or gas in their cars because it's easy to scroll on the social media feeds and think that you know we call we've labeled it the highlight reel and the interesting part is like that's not necessarily a bad thing and actually to me once i get to the perspective of like oh these they still have other life but when I can say like, oh, this can inspire me. And so like one of the things I actually took a note while we were uh, like, as I wasn't listening, I guess, I was taking a note, right? It's like, it's inspiration versus comparison. It's like, if I get on social media to compare myself and think like, oh, this person only lives, you know, hiking the mountains or making awesome music or, you know, traveling or you know, so funny and they're so good. All their content's so good. You don't see them behind the scenes, like, you know, being pissed off at Zoom or something like, you know, like you don't see the frustration that's behind it. And, you know, if you flip the script and say like, I'm going to go on social media to, to see, like to be inspired, to inspire my creativity, to break down my own false beliefs about what's possible, right? I'm going to get on there to be inspired because I don't know how to do YouTube thumbnails. So I'm going to go find some other people that you know, I find interesting and, you know, like try and mimic their YouTube thumbnails because they put in the work and not copy, but just kind of use that as inspiration. I think um, that's such a huge part of what I've tried to convert my consu consumption is of, of saying, okay, I'm going to be educated on this platform. I'm going to be inspired on this platform. I'm going to follow people who are fitting into the buckets of life that I'm interested in, which is having fun, right? Like I want to see people having fun. I want to see people traveling. A lot of that is is up in their own way. It's research. I'm doing research. Like, where are people traveling? You know, how are they traveling? How are they shooting their videos? What are people into? Like, I, you know, one of the things that I'm going to call you out here is like, uh, you said, I'm afraid to be boring. I'm like, well, you're not boring. And if you're boring to some, that's okay because you're interesting to others. And like, you know, what makes people interested? What makes people listen to a hour and a half or two hour, three hour podcast? It's like, they're interested. They're interested in something. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, the mountains or the glory or the glam and it also doesn't have to be the heavy stuff it's, it's, it's a mixture of both and that's what i love about the podcast because in my life there's there's those things there are the parts where it's like hey this is a more serious conversation or hey this is a more light-hearted sarcastic pale conversation it's like i love the podcast because it gives me the room to be that and a lot of times when you just meet somebody and you're trying to give them all of who you are and you just can't in that certain you know certain circumstance so uh, I definitely think uh, as far as that goes in looking at culture, as far as social media goes, it's definitely that. And like how, how, so to, to flip it back on you, it's like how when you're having these conversations as a content coach, are you 
what is your experience like with those people and, and, and their social media presence? And as you kind of, you, you said something at the very beginning is earn it. You said you want to earn the customer or earn the attention uh, and respect of the viewer. Uh, what are some ways maybe that you, you have found success with working with your clients in that realm? Yeah, I think it, it really all comes down to creating a safe but vulnerable state. Um, and like a lot of the things that come up have to do with their, their grand vision for their company or the future or their personal life or their deepest values and where those values have actually come from. And those things are very personal to, to people and for them to be able to share those, like we have to have some sort of connection um, and, and it doesn't have to be in the first, you know, 90 minute session that we have together. It's going to come out eventually. And the reason for that is because if it, if it doesn't come out, then again, people on social media may not have that same level uh, of resonating with you. Like they, they also want to know that you're human and whether it's a company and you know your face isn't being shown or whether it's a personal brand and like it's you all out there like people want to feel like they're connected as well to that sort of deeper source so to speak and so when i'm working with clients like it's it's asking them personal questions and it's getting to know them on a level that other people uh, on the surface might not, whether it's their coworkers or um, some of their acquaintances or friends, even things that they haven't really shared. And I think those are the most interesting parts about people. And I think other people, I, I, I actually did a post about this recently, but like humans are so nosy. They're so nosy creatures. And like, we like to dig and find new information, new things about people. And little gems and be like oh my gosh this is awesome and i think consumers and people on social media who are looking to support brands that they care about want to see those things too and to me when i'm working with clients like the things that are most important to them all those values the things that they care about where they came from uh and all of the grand things that they want to do for the planet or for humans or whatever those are some deep topics um, and they're very expansive as well. And so getting into like their own head about why they think all of these things and then putting it into a pretty little package for social media. So it's entertaining and engaging and all that stuff. It, it takes that vulnerability to, to dive into and to explore in the first place. Uh, I was going to joke around. I was going to say, so what, who's, who's some of the favorite clients you work with? Oh my gosh. I wouldn't put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, reminding everybody that we, we do more work behind the scenes and a lot of our conversations are around, you know, um, what, you know, the podcast, what we're doing uh, with some of the fun, exciting things. Uh, actually, by the time this comes out, we'll have the fun and exciting things kind of ready and putting uh, out to the world. So I'm excited about that. But um have you ever fought MMA? Have you ever fought like 
I, I know I'm circling all the way back, but I just ask questions that I'm really interested in. Sorry, audience. Sorry, not sorry. I just like, that's been on my mind. Has she actually, you know, has she been punched in the face? Has she punched somebody in the face? Is she just grappling? Like, come on now. I've wanted to do actual fights, like where you, you have to register and you have to have a personal coach. Um, I have not done one of those yet, though. Um, but I have done quite a bit of sparring and that's really fun. So yeah, I've definitely gotten punched square in the nose, definitely got like kicked in the ribs and stuff and definitely kicked other people in the ribs. Uh, <laughs> but it's all, it's all in obviously good fun. And, um, the, honestly, the sportsmanship in MMA is really, uh, strong. Also super interesting. Like, yeah, you're literally fighting somebody else, but it's for fun, which sounds so weird now that I'm saying it out loud. Like, who does that? Um, but it's almost like when, I don't know if this is a weird comparison, but it's almost like when animals are, like, play fighting, it's the same thing. You know, like, we're, we're fighting, but for fun. And, and we'd never want to totally damage somebody else. Um, um, and also, we chose to be there in the first place. So if I get my nose broken at some point, like, I put myself in the ring. That's interesting. I find because one, you're just so nice and you're so kind, and and then you hear you know that you do this, and I I I, I found as I personally listen to singer songwriters uh, who speak about love and reggae speaks, and and I find that there are a lot of people in, who are really really kind and really really kind of comfortable and confident in who they are and. And seeing, seeing about this, you know, seeing is also like, uh, I mean, maybe it's a metaphor, maybe, uh, is like, just like, they, they spew out happiness and love, and, but yet they fight, and, they, and it's so interesting, and I, for the longest time, and part of the reason I even got out of, you know, working out so hard for a period of time was because I was like, well, this isn't, this isn't hippie, this isn't love, this, but it's like, I, my mind is shifting on that, and it's like, seeing people like you who also do that because it's also interesting is like I feel like there are times where I want to I want to start that I want to get into you know I mean honestly it's like a, a buddy and I have texted each other a couple times like I just want to get my ass beat and, and we're both joking but it, but in a sense it's like I want to be humble I, I sometimes I can tell when I'm getting you know too excited about something and too excited meaning I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm getting emotional about what I'm doing. I'm thinking emotionally and I would love to be able to get my ass beat so that I can have some humility and I uh and it's easy to think when you've never been in a fight you would be a good fighter and the reality is it's that's not true it's like you you get pummeled um unless you're like eight foot tall and 500 pounds of muscle like you're probably gonna win but uh other than that um anything Anything that you want to wrap up with? Like anything that you want to tell the people? Obviously, the Haley Kalani podcast airing October 31st. Uh, you heard it here first. We're putting her on the spot. Uh, definitely going to do it. Available on uh, all podcasting platforms. And uh, I'll be the first guest. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> any, anything else that you, you want to kind of leave the people? I, I don't have, people keep telling me I need to have like wrap up questions and like, but I don't have one yet. I, I try to ask as many questions throughout, you know, the whole podcast. So uh, maybe, maybe you and I can work on something for, to wrap up. But 
what do you want to tell the people um, who are sticking with us through this, this podcast? Uh, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Are you, are you taking more clients? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, gosh, to wrap up, I think the most important thing and one of the biggest topics that kept coming up throughout this podcast specifically is like, do what you want because you want to do it when you want to do it. Um, and, and taste things that you've never tasted before and try things that you've never tried before and really, really try and get in touch with who you are as a person, what you like, why you like, take your baggage, unpack it, figure out why it's there, clean out the dust. And, you know, almost kind of going back a little bit when I talk about baggage, like, doesn't mean you have to throw it all out. These memories are in our brain. They're there forever. They're going to come up in the future. Doesn't mean that you have to forgive and forget or just forget at all. It's more about polishing it up, putting it in its nice little corner and saying, you've served your purpose. And now I am, I'm no longer in that time period. I'm no longer that same person and being okay with who you are and then being okay with who you're going to be later on in the future. So that would be my biggest takeaway slash piece of advice for this podcast. And yeah, what was your other question? Uh, I have another question. Uh, well, my other question was, are you taking, are you taking your clients? And you said yes. But uh, <laughs> uh, here, I'll, I'll rapid fire some questions. Um, favorite album? Oh, you put me on a spot hardcore. Oh my gosh. I, can, I honestly can't pick a certain favorite album. Um, I might be able to pick like some favorite artists, uh, uh, NAO, NAO, um, amazing artist. Um, oh God, oh God, oh gosh. Solange, really great artist. Uh, <laughs> rappers, who else? You know what? I'll give you a list. You can put it in the description so that people can be blessed with all of my <laughs> favorite music. Uh, oh, well, here, favorite, favorite mainstream artist. Mainstream Music, the first person to pop up in my head, which I'll just go with, um, is Lizzo. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Favorite um, favorite cheat meal? Ooh, I am big on Thai food, so I'll go with Pad Thai. Pad Thai. Mm -hmm. You definitely said Pad Thai Mal the other day, and I was laughed because that's like my go-to thing as well. So good. So good. Uh, all right. Um, uh, favorite movie from childhood? Um, I'll just go with the first one that popped into my head, The Sandlot. Oh, my God. This is just getting better and better. I love The Sandlot. Uh, next vacation. Um, I have been really wanting to go to uh, the Dominican Republic. I love it. And... Um, I was going to say favorite vegetable. That's the dumbest question ever. Let's do it anyways. Your favorite vegetable. Favorite vegetable. Mm, probably broccoli. I'm into broccoli. Broccoli. Mm -hmm. Gosh, you're so fitness. You're so fitness. I used to hate broccoli. I think it wasn't until like I learned how to cook for myself and learn what spices are that I was like, oh my God, broccoli is delicious. <laughs> and that's funny, the, the whole spices thing. Um, all right, friend, where can people find you? That was the other question. 
Oh, yes. People can find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on Instagram, all under the name Haley Kalani. It's H-A-Y-L-E-E, and then Kalani is K-A-L-A-N-I. And all of them, same name, I will be there. Uh, You have a website? I do. It's hkalaniconsulting.com. All right. All that will be in the description. Haley, thank you so much for getting up early. For those of you who are going to listen, we got, we got up and we did this thing at 7 in the morning. So uh, we had to have our coffee for sure. But thank you for being here. Thanks for playing along and answering some of those goofy questions. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It's been amazing.